Somebody take your praise a little higher. I know it's Tuesday, but somebody go ahead and lift his name higher. Higher than your trouble. Higher than your problems. Higher than anxiety. Somebody shout higher. He's higher. He's higher. Woo, I wish somebody would take about 30 seconds and give him a high praise. Come on, the Bible said, let the high praise of God be in their mouth. We didn't come to give him low praise. We came to lift him higher. Woo! Hey! He's higher than my fears. He's higher than the mountains that are in my way. Somebody shout, he's higher. Higher! Clap your hands one more time and give God your best praise. Somebody push your neighbor. Tell them neighbor. Tell them neighbor. Tell them he's higher tonight. Woo. We don't have to smoke weed because we've got the most high. We don't need to hit a crack because we're living the real high life. Come on, somebody. When you get the Holy Ghost, you mount up with eagle's wings and God takes you higher. Anybody living the high life tonight? Woo! Clap your hands one more time in this house. Amen. You excited to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Remain standing all over this house tonight. We're going to hasten to the word of the Lord. But while you're standing, I want to, again, take a very quick opportunity to give a great big thank you to everybody who has been showing up here over the past couple of weeks and putting in your time helping uh, around the church with various tasks and the to-do list. We greatly appreciate all of your help. Would you help me give a great big hand tonight for all of the incredible hard work that's been happening around here and people working on the landscape and paintbrushes and you name it. We've been uh, just getting busy because we're excited about what God's going to do next week. Woo! It's going to be incredible. Make sure that you're doing everything you need to do to be here for all of the services Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday at 12. It's going to be absolutely off the charts and uh, God's going to be doing some spectacular things. Turn around, tell your neighbor tomorrow night tomorrow night there will be a special revival service in Bradenton, Florida amen, yours truly will be preaching amen and uh, Pastor Parker and Calvary Apostolic have extended a, a great big welcome to anybody that can make it. As you know, they have moved into a new sanctuary with plenty of room. And uh, how many of you uh, are just thankful for what God is doing in Bradenton, Florida? Amen. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. And uh, we're grateful for what the Lord did this weekend. How many of you were blessed in this place this past Sunday? I'm telling you, God absolutely thundered in this house. And a Sunday morning, several received the Holy Ghost, praying in the altars. Amen. When the service was finished, Frederick was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins. And there's no telling what God is preparing us for and what God is doing. I don't know about you. All I got to say is, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season... Don't do it without me, God. I don't want to sit on the sidelines. 
come on, I don't want to be on the bench. I don't want to be left out of this special thing. That Whatever you're doing, Lord, don't do it. Use my hands, Lord. Use my feet. Use my voice. Use my talent. Anybody else feel that way tonight? Amen. We're excited God brought evangelist Jacob Phillips this direction we want him to come tonight how many of you are ready to receive whatever God has for us put your hands together one more time uh, come on let's thank God for what he's doing uh, as the man of God comes to deliver the word tonight come on clap your hands all you people and shout unto God with a voice of triumph come on lift your voice with a shout of triumph a shout of victory. Come on, a shout of deliverance. Anybody been set free? Anybody been made whole? Anybody got a testimony that God is my rock? God is my shield? God is my fortress? Hallelujah! Thank you, Jesus. Well, well, well. First Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1, as you're turning there in your Bibles, let me say again what an honor and a privilege it is to be here. And I just want to make a statement right now that you will hear me make redundantly throughout this revival. And when I say it, I'm not saying it to fill time, but let me just say it right now and you'll get what I'm saying. We ain't seen nothing yet. I, I thank God for the ones that got the Holy Ghost on Sunday, but Rock Church, you ain't seen nothing yet. I, I thank God for the ones that got deliverance on Sunday, but we ain't seen nothing yet. Thank God for the ones that got baptized in the name of Jesus, but we ain't seen nothing yet. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Give honor tonight to the angel of this pulpit and his wonderful wife this wonderful staff and uh, let's just get into the word of the Lord and see what God will do in this house first Samuel chapter 1 verse 1 now there was a certain man of Ramathium Zophim of Mount Ephraim and his name was Elkanah the son of Jehoram the son of Elihu the son of Tohu the son of Zeph an Ephrathite the Bible says and he had two wives God I don't know why because I can barely keep up with one but he did the name of the one was Hannah the name of the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. The Bible says that this man went up out of his city yearly to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh and the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. The priests of the Lord were there. And when the time was come that Elkanah offered, he, he gave to Penina his wife and to all of her sons, plural, and daughter's portions, so we know she had at least four children. But unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion, for he loved Hannah. I want to stress that. He loved Hannah. But the Lord had shut up her womb. Want to preach to this wonderful congregation tonight under the unction of the Holy Ghost for the next few moments. The journey from barren to blessed. The journey from barren to blessed. Would you lift your hands with me right now and let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you. God, we praise you. We give you glory. We give you honor. God, there's nobody like you in heaven or in earth. You are so good to us. God, you've been good to your people. You never fail us. God, you never come up short, but you just keep on making a way. And there is no way. And we ask you, God, tonight that you would come in this house, rock our world, change us, challenge us by your word and by your spirit. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost absolutely grab a hold of each and every saint of God that's in this place. God, and saturate them with a fresh touch of the anointing that destroys every hope. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Would you make some more Holy Ghost noise in this house on a Tuesday night right now and lift up the name of Jesus with me one more time. Oh, 
I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Be seated in the name of the Lord. One thing that I would like to point out tonight at the onset of what I am going to say is the simple fact that this woman, this woman, Hannah, is the fourth woman that we have listed with a name in Scripture that is connected to the word barren. We do a little research and we quickly find out that it is Sarah who is listed as the first woman in Scripture. This is important. We're going to use this throughout tonight, so I want you to hold on to it. But And then from Sarah to Rebecca, and then from Rebecca to Rachel, it is this constant theme of barrenness going through their family until we, we finally break the curse, if you will. And now we pick up here in the book of 1 Samuel and we read about the fourth woman given identity with the, the issue of barrenness. This woman, Hannah, as we read tonight, is married to a man by the name of Elkanah from who we study about, we understand that he was a man of great power. And some would liken him uh, to something along the lines of a governor or a mayor of a city. And so because he is a man of power, it is in a cultural setting of that day that he should be a man with many children. It's not just a cultural thing, but the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms, chapter 127, that children are an inheritance from the Lord. And so the Bible tells us tonight in our reading that this man, Elkanah, has these two wives, Hannah and Penina. And we could go on and read the story afterwards of where we stop reading tonight and we would see very clearly that Penina was a tormentor, that Penina was a thorn in the side, that Penina was an adversary that was quick to throw insults and promote herself because she was productive. She was quick to promote herself because she had children. But what Penina did not understand is that while Elkanah came to her for children, he went to Hannah when he wanted company. When he came to her for something to be productive, he went to Hannah when he was looking for something that was preferred. The Bible says in spite of her barrenness that Hannah was loved by her husband in short sense. She was not productive, but indeed she was preferred. Can I preach to somebody on a Tuesday night that came to church and you feel like you're spinning your wheels in the kingdom of God because you're not as productive as you feel like you should be? Can I tell you tonight that it's better to be preferred than productive any day? of the week. If you can just live in the favor of God and rest assured that God's favor is greater than the money, it's greater than the riches, it's greater than the fame, it's greater than the fortune. I'd rather be preferred by the Lord. I'd rather have his hand on my life than have everything else in the world. I'm telling you, I am looking at some people tonight that the enemy has tried to convince you that you'll never do anything for God because up until this point you have not been productive but can I tell you that you're still walking in a preferred season and you may be barren right now but you're on the journey to being blessed. You may be in a season right now that feels like your world is being turned upside down and it's a dead end road everywhere you look but you hear this preacher on a Tuesday evening uh, you're on your way to being blessed uh, you're on your way to walking in favor uh, like you've never experienced before uh, in your life you're on your way uh, to experiencing uh, the things of God like you've never known 
I'd rather be favored. I'd rather be favored. I'd rather walk with God. I'd rather talk with him. I'd rather know him in the fullness of his power. Oh, I know this is simple right now. We're going to get there here in a minute. we got a long way to go, but just, just let me drive this home right now. You, you need to look back over your life and think about all the places that you could be and you should be, but God favored you. Uh, you, you need, I, I know everything ain't going right right now, but you just need to take a look back over your shoulder and remember where God brought you from uh, and say, you know what? I might not be everything I'm going to be, uh, but thank God I'm not what I was. Uh, I'm I'm not going to be the person that he's called me to be. I'm not that yet. But thank God I'm not still in the pig pen. Thank God I'm not still high on drugs. Thank God I'm not in the place I used to be. No, I'm not blessed like I want to be. I don't have everything I want. And I may be living in a barren season, but even in my barrenness, I'm loved. Even in my barrenness, I'm saved. Even in my barrenness, I'm living. Even in the master's house, uh, even in my barrenness, uh, he's putting food on my table uh, and shoes on my feet. I might not be blessed yet, uh, but I'm on my way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What Penina did not realize is that while she was so caught up in the blessing and being productive, is that there was something inside of Hannah that said, I'm just happy to be at church. There was something inside of Hannah that said, I'm going to keep on serving God until my change comes. I'm going to keep on serving God until my blessing gets here. I'm on, I'm, oh, I'm not everything I need to be, but I, I'm still in the church. Can I preach to somebody tonight? You just keep doing what makes God happy. Don't worry about what your haters say. They didn't die for you. Don't worry about what your haters say. They're not Somebody got to get the revelation tonight uh, that the closer I get to my promise, uh, the more the haters are going to attach themselves to me. Uh, but I will not let Penina silence uh, my praise. Uh, I will not let Penina silence uh, my worship. Uh, I'm not blessed yet, uh, but I'm on my way. Uh, I'm not living... Come on, somebody on a journey ought to jump to your feet and make some Holy Ghost noise that lets the devil know that my haters will not dictate my hallelujah. My haters aren't going to dictate my hope. My haters ain't going to dictate the way I shout even on a Tuesday night because I'm going to the place of blessing. I'm going to the place of bounty. I'm going to a place and devil, you can't stop me. I'm going to be blessed. My, my, my. This is what makes Hannah so unique to me. Hannah, again, she's not the first person in the Bible that's ever dealt with barrenness. When we read about the first woman, Sarah, when Sarah enters into her barren season, Brother William, she tries to start having the miracle through somebody else's womb. And, and, and when Rachel starts getting ready to receive the blessing, she starts trying to have it through somebody else's womb. But can I preach to somebody tonight and tell you that if you keep trying to have the miracle through somebody else, when the miracle gets here, it ain't gonna walk like you. It ain't gonna talk like you. It ain't gonna look like you. If you want your blessing to look like you, you gotta live for God through the barren season. If you want your blessing to shout like you shout, you gotta live for God through the barren season. I know it ain't fine, but keep on living. I know the way gets weary. I know the way gets hard, but keep on, keep it on. 
Is it all right if I preach on a Tuesday night to somebody that's going through hell and tell you, shake it off and keep on praising. Shake it off and keep on dancing. Shake it off and keep on believing. God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. But if he says it, if he says it, he's going to bring it to pass. Sarah, if you keep trying to have the miracle through somebody else, you're never going to have Isaac, which means laughter. Oh, I just dropped the Holy Ghost bomb on you and you didn't even get it. Trying to walk around and shout like they shout and dance like they dance and think that God's still gonna bless you. That ain't how it works, honey. Sarah, you gotta get your own Isaac. You gotta get your own joy. You gotta get your own peace. <laughs> Rachel. When she's barren, she gets a handmaiden involved. But Rachel, if you don't learn how to get the blessing for yourself, you're never going to experience a Joseph. And then what's God's people going to do when they need a deliverer? What's God's people going to do when they go to Egypt and there's no food in the land? What, what, what's God's, if you don't get the miracle for yourself, what's God's people going to do when they need you to step up and be who God's called you to be? Stop trying to live. That's not your ministry. It don't fit you. Walk in what God called you to walk in. Well, if I could just preach like them, if I could just sing like them, God didn't call you to preach like him. God didn't call you to sing like him. God didn't call you to worship like him or like her. I'm telling you, God called you to be you. And, the and if you can just get this revelation, I'm going somewhere. Don't, don't think for a moment that it didn't cross Sarah's mind. It was socially acceptable to do it in that day. Don't think for a moment that she didn't think, well, maybe I can do it like Sarah. Or maybe I can do it like Rachel. But that's what makes Hannah so unique. Hannah went to church. Now, you just got to understand the cultural implications of this day. This is, a, this is not a good thing. To be barren had the stench of saying that you were unpure when you got married. Bishop, they believed that that was the curse that came upon someone that played the harlot. And so Sarah came to church and she walked down the aisle and they looked at her. And, and they said, you know why she's barren. You, you, you know why she can't have no kids. You, you, you know why she is the way she is. She ain't been a good person. And Hannah walked through the shame and walked up to the altar and gave her gift to the Lord. And she turned around and walked back out the building, tears flowing down her face. But next year, at the time of sacrifice, she was back at the house of God. I'm gonna help somebody right now if you'll let me. The devil keeps telling you that you need to quit church because of what you've done. You need to walk out, and I'm telling you, you need to walk away because of what you've done. But Hannah said, no, I will not let Panina stop me from going to church because if I'm gonna get help, it's not gonna be in the bar room. If I'm gonna get help, it's not gonna be in the crack house. My help. Help, come 
it from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My help coming. I get my help dancing. I get my help shouting. I get my help singing. I get my help in prayer meeting. I get my help when the preacher is preaching. I'm coming back to church. She kept coming to church. And here's the part we don't like talking about. The devil came to church with her. See, I'm, I'm going to get where we live right now. Because some of us have bought into the lie that just because I come to church, that all my problems are going to disappear. The devil is a liar. Saved people have problems. Oh, I, I, I know you all dressed up on Tuesday night and you look good, but I'm going to save people have problems. Thank God we got at least 15 honest folks in here tonight. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. Save people have problems. Hannah came to church and Panana came with her. Don't you wish you had as many lambs as me? Don't don't you wish you was blessed like I'm blessed? I'm going to help somebody right now. Don't, don't you wish you had the car that your old drug dealer has? Uh-oh, I done stepped out where somebody lives. Don't, don't you wish you had the house where... But Penina just kept coming and I can see her with tears in her eyes uh, turning around one day and looking at Penina and saying, baby, uh, I'd rather be chosen and childless uh, than fruitful and forgotten. Uh, he favored me. Uh, he favored me. Uh, he loves me. Uh, see, Hannah had a revelation. She came to church, and that, that let, me, let me just preach this. Now I got time to preach this. That didn't mean she didn't have feelings. Because in just 13 verses, the Bible tells us of some feelings that she had. It says she was provoked. She was hungry. She was bitter. She grieved. devil got on your shoulder and told you because you had all those feelings that mean the Holy Ghost didn't work oh, oh. you had all those feelings if you really have the Holy Ghost you wouldn't be feeling bitter at your situation and, and, and you wouldn't be God, you wouldn't be upset at everything that goes wrong. But there was something inside of Hannah that said, "My me being provoked will not stop me from blessing the name of the Lord. I'm back and I'm here to worship God. I know everything's not perfect, but I'm on my journey. I'm on my way. I've been hurt, but I'm thankful. I've been forsaken, but I'm thankful. I've been cast out, but I'm just thankful to be here. I'm I know in whom I have believed. You know, I've, I've been doing this long enough to know that there's a lot of people, they don't get it like Hannah got it. They're not in a relationship with God. They're in a relationship with this stuff. So as long as they got the joy, they can shout. I'm in somebody's corn patch. Let me just mess around here for a minute. Long, long, long as I got a little jingle in my pocket, I can dance. Long as my families, they all getting along. It's, it's easy to go to church and run the aisle. That ain't what brings you from barren to blessed. You want to get out of the barren season, learn how to praise him when everything's going wrong. Learn how to praise him when... There's a Hannah in this house right now. You need to step out from where you are and just give God about 10 seconds of a shout of praise that says, I'm on my way. Somebody ought to shout it in the face of the devil. I'm on my 
wait. I ain't there yet, but I'm on my way. Hallelujah. I come against every lying demon in hell that's telling you you're not going to make it because you're still in the barren season. I come against every lying demon in hell that says you're going to fail and you're going to bind you in the name of Jesus. You will unstop the ears of the saints of God in this house. They've heard it before and they're hearing it again. I bind you in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus is against you. Be loosed in Jesus' name to walk from barren to blessed. See, Hannah got the revelation that Rachel never got. Because the Bible says that Jacob, same, same verbiage, Jacob loved Rachel. And Rachel gets focused on her situation and starts bartering with her sister. She says, if you give me these, or if I give you these roots, I can have them tonight. And she forgot that Jacob loved Rachel. You see what the devil likes to do when we're in the barren season is get us to give up stuff we don't even have to give up. Rachel was barren, giving up her blessing to somebody that was already blessed because she had bought into the lie that in order to be blessed, I've got to barter with the adversary. Can I preach to somebody right now? You don't have to give up one inch of what God has given you to make the journey. You don't, you don't have to give up that joy. You don't have to give up that peace. You... I'm preaching to somebody right now. The devil's got you convinced. That's why you've been the church for the last three months and sat there like a bump on a log. You used to be a worshiper. You used to be a dancer. But the devil got you in a prison. Giving up stuff you ain't even got to give up. Snap out of it, baby. You're loved. You don't have to give it up. God loves you. He he knew you were barren and he filled you anyway. He knew you weren't anything and he filled you anyway. See, Hannah doing it the way she did it. Can I preach to somebody tonight? I, I'm, I'm trying to get done, but it ain't, it ain't working. I'm trying, but it ain't working. It's just not working. <laughs> Hannah getting this revelation is what took her. Let me just tell you, there's some things along the way that Hannah got. Hannah realized, I'm not the first person that's ever been through this. Oh, I'm, I'm, Bishop, I'm about to hurt somebody's feelings so bad. You're not the first person that's ever been depressed. You're not the first person that's ever been broke. You're not the first person been coming to church and being faithful and your family got out of whack. I'm sorry to bust your bubble, baby, but the world don't revolve around you. You're not the first to deal with an anxiety. You're not the first to deal with addiction. But I tell you what you can be. You can be a Hannah that says, I'm not going to go through it like everybody else did. You see, because when everybody else got their handmaiden involved, Hannah just kept going to church. Hannah just kept praising. Hannah just kept dancing. Hannah just kept giving God glory. And when the time came that there was going to be a miracle, we read about Sarah, and Sarah had one. We read about Rachel, and Rachel had two. But when we read about Hannah, she had five more. See, I, I, I come to preach to somebody tonight uh, that what you ain't been, you're not the first person to go through what you've been through. Uh, but if you can go through it like nobody else, uh, you're going to be blessed like nobody else has ever been. Hey, hey. 
Hannah's sitting there. Oh my God, I feel this. Hannah's sitting there. And, and, and she's got the revelation. I'm, I'm in this to win this. I'm in this for the blessing. You, you can laugh at me. You can mock me. You can make fun. But I'm in it to go all the way. I'm not the first person, but I'm about to get a blessing like ain't nobody else ever had before. Sarah only wished she could have had five more. Rachel only wished she could have had five more, but I just kept on walking. I kept on believing. I kept on walking by faith and God made a way. Where there was. I come to tell somebody on a Tuesday night, uh, you're almost there. I come to tell somebody on a Tuesday night, uh, I'm going to say it again over here, you're almost there. Don't. You don't know how close you are to your blessing. You don't know. You might be one more thank you Jesus away. You might be one more hallelujah away. I don't know how close you are, but this I do know, baby. You're almost there. Don't, you know, when I was younger, everybody had that saying, don't judge me. I know it ain't cool to say no more. But I just get that, that everybody said, don't judge me. You, you just need to look at the devil tonight and say, don't judge me. Don't judge me if, because of where I am. I know where I'm going. Don't, don't judge me because of where I'm at. I know I'm going to the blessing. I, I ain't there yet. I don't look like it, but I'm on my way. See, you, you keep connecting. Your, oh, I just feel this right now. You keep connecting yourself to the people that are judging you by where you are, and that's why you can't break out of this cycle that you're in. It's because the only voices that you can hear are the ones that are judging you because of where you are right now. They, 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 they judging you because of the kind of car that you drive, but they don't know you ain't trying to drive that kind of car. You're trying to own the dealership. Don't, don't, don't judge me because I'm on my, I know I'm not where I'm going to be, but I'm on my way. Blessing. I wish you'd shout it. Blessing. That was cute. Blessing. If you only knew how close you were right now, Hannah. If you only knew that you were. What if, what, just what if tonight you finally broke loose and danced the way you wanted to dance and this was your dance? Uh, let me tell you, I, I, I got to finish, but let me just tell you something. Hannah, little old Hannah. Now, there, there's something to be said about this. I don't, you know what, I'm not going there. I don't have time to get into that. I'm, I don't. We're just going to move right along. I got about 47 different directions I can go right now. But we're going to go one direction. Because if I go all 47, we're going to be here to midnight. Lord, Jesus, I ain't trying to stay here that long. Come on. 
But Hannah, this, this little woman that gets a revelation of thankfulness in the barrenness. Do you know that she changes the entire outline of the rest of your Bible? Hannah did that. So I don't know if I believe that. Well, let me give you Bible for it. Hannah has a son, and his name is Samuel. And Samuel grows up, and Samuel begins to anoint kings. And the second king that he anoints, he shows up at Jesse's house. And there's a little story about how he finds the king. The Bible says that while he's looking for the king, he walks in and he sees Eliab. And he says, surely the hand of the Lord is upon him. But God spoke to Samuel and said, Samuel, man looks on the outside. But I look on the heart. Bishop, you know what God was saying? I'm, I know he looks productive, but he ain't preferred. And so you read about how Samuel walks past the rest of the seven. He never steps up. He never stops and has to talk to God. He never does any of that. He just keeps on walking. And he keeps on looking for the miracle. And he gets through all the brethren. And he says, Jesse, don't you have one more? Yeah. I, I, I got one more. But he ain't worth much. I, I got one more. But he ain't productive. He don't look like a king. He don't walk like a king. He ain't, he ain't really worth much but watching sheep. Go fetch him. We ain't even gonna sit down until he gets here. You know, listen, this ain't in the Bible, but just hear me out. You know what I believe is God is replaying the story of his mother, Hannah, in front of Samuel's eyes. He's seeing everything that Jesse thought as productive, just like Elkanah dealt with in his home. He's seen Penina as productive, but there was somebody that was in the home that was preferred, and she was hid in the back corner, and nobody wanted to talk about her, and nobody wanted to bring her up to the front, but there was something inside of Hannah that was inside of a little shepherd boy. They weren't productive, but they were preferred. Bring him to me. I've got to anoint him. Can I tell you God's looking to anoint somebody on a Tuesday night? Somebody that's been hidden in the shadows. Somebody that's been faithful in spite of everything you've been through. Somebody that's went through hell, but you kept on coming to church. And God said, because you were faithful when nobody could see you, I'm going to bless you like nobody Nobody ever believed you were going to be blessed. You were faithful in the pasture. Now I'm going to bless you in front of everybody. And David becomes a king. David walks in favor. And one day, David starts dancing. One day, David starts shouting. One day, David's in the streets. He done took off his coat and tie. He done took off his crown of gold. And he's standing there in nothing but a linen sheet that's stained with the blood of sacrifice. And he's dancing, and he's shouting, and he's rejoicing. And there's a woman that looks down from her tower. I'm about to mess up with your little Sunday school theology right now. But we've preached it that she was mad because he, he danced in the streets. But that's really not what the Bible says. 
Bible says she saw him dancing and leaping and she despised him in her heart. But you back up three chapters, I believe it is, and the Bible says that Michael loved David. Now, where was that setting at? That setting was as David had just left her daddy's living room driving out evil spirits. How did he drive out? Let me just give you a little bit of insight. You don't drive out evil spirits with hip hop. So, so I, got, I got a feeling that David wasn't playing hip hop. Man. You, you, you don't drive out evil spirits playing the blues. So I, I just got a feeling David wasn't playing the blues and, it, and you, you can't drive them out playing that old time rock and roll. Because I, I, I just got a feeling when David was sitting there before Saul and he sent out the evil spirits, it was songs of worship, Brother Williams. And Michael saw him worship and the Bible, it's in there, it's in your Bible, go read it. And the Bible says, and Michael loved David. This is just my theory. I don't believe she despised him because of his worship. She knew he was a worshiper when she married him. Find me one place in scripture that David's not a worshiper. You know what she says? When she starts telling the story of why she's upset, these are her words. Oh, how glorious was the king who uncovered himself. You know what she was saying? Honey, where's your robe? Where's your crown? Where's your stuff? See, Michael had learned how to shout for the stuff. But you know what David responded to her? Baby, it was before the Lord that chose me. Before he chose your daddy. You know what he was saying, honey? I remember what it was like to be broke, busted, and disgusted. But God favored me anyway. And it wasn't because of the robe. It wasn't because of the nice crown. It wasn't because of the nice clothes I had on. But it was because I remember where he found me. I remember how he saved me. And Michael was barren until the day of her death. You want to know why? Because you can't make, mix pride and praise and be productive. This ain't going to work. You ain't going to get the two together. You got to get somebody with a revelation that says, I know where I've been, but I know where I'm going. I'm... Honey, don't, 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 don't shout like that. David, don't you realize that you were with the common people today you're a king now you got the blessings of God on your life and now you want to go down there with the common people uh, yeah why not well David David don't don't you understand that you, you you've got an image You can't do that. You've, you've got an image. You're a king. But I remember where he found me. I remember what he'd done for me. And David said, if you think I got crazy today, you just wait till next Tuesday night because I remember where God brought me from. Hannah did that. We preached the pain off of that story. But it was because one little woman that had people laughing at her. But she walked down the aisles. She heard snide remarks 
She's a harlot. She's no good. She'll never make it living for God. She'll never be anything. And Hannah just kept walking. See why are you preaching like this right now? Because if we're gonna get where God wants us to go, we gotta realize who we are and what God has for us. You can't share that, you, you can't preach Peter when you are converted, strengthen the brethren. You see, you can't preach about a God that can change your world if you're still living in a mentality that says, I'm not worthy to be in the kingdom. I'm on a journey. I'm on my journey. I don't, I, I don't know, I can't imagine what it was like for Hannah. But Hannah has an opportunity and we're, we're closing. Musicians, come. Hannah has an opportunity. God gives her a chance to go back on her word. Hannah receives a word from Eli about the time of life you're going to have a child. and No, man of God, don't lie to me. That's where some of you are sitting right now. Don't, don't, don't lie to me. You know how many times I've heard this message, how many times I've been told I need to be encouraged, how many, how many times I've been told that God's going to keep me and God's going to make a way out of no way. You know, preacher, do you know how many times I've been through this same cycle and I've shouted and I've danced and I've worshiped? But yearly, Hannah goes up to the house. I'm not the pastor of the church. I'm not trying to be, but just let me tell you, there is nothing that will ever take the place of just being faithful to the house of God. <laughs> Hannah just goes to the church. She gets a word from God that you're going to have a son, and she says, God, if you do, I'm going to give him right back. And I read it to you tonight in our text. The Bible says that as she goes up yearly to worship, that Hophni and Phinehas were there. Does anybody know who Hophni and Phinehas were? Just give you a, a, a short, very short Bible study. They were perverts. They were men that would literally try to bring women into the house of God and pervert the house of God with their bodies. I, I wonder, just, just be wondering because of the reputation that Hannah had, Brother Williams, if Hophni Phinehas heard that and maybe hit on her once or twice. They were perverts. They hear this woman, she's, she's barren and obviously they believe in the power of God because they've seen him work through their father Eli. And maybe, maybe there's something to that. Maybe she is a harlot and they just made a pass or two. That was all because Eli, the man of God, had failed, not as the man of God, but as a father. When he failed as a father, Hannah's standing there. Imagine with me, you, you don't think everybody in the kingdom didn't know Hophni and Phinehas' sin? Let a doctor mess up, nobody talks about it. Let a lawyer mess up. Nobody talks about it. But you let a preacher mess up. Am I telling the truth? Is it, is it just the real world? And, and we should be. We should be held accountable. God, I want to be held accountable. Everybody in the kingdom knew that they had messed up. And she has to bring that little blessing. God, I could preach a whole message about giving right here, but I'm not doing it. I'm just going to give you a little snippet. She has to bring that little four-year-old boy that she prayed for for years and put it in the hand of a man that failed as a father to stand instead for his father. And you know what Hannah does? She doesn't get mad and say, you know what, God, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to keep my end of the deal because Eli's not a good priest. Not going to keep my end of the deal because 
Eli doesn't know how to lead young men. He, look, look, God, he's failed. But she realized, I'm not giving him to Eli. I'm giving him to God. So what are you getting at? I'm telling you that right now on this journey from barren to blessing, that you've got to determine in your mind that regardless of the outcome, I'm giving everything over to the Lord. Am I going to, listen, she had a viable excuse. Would you bring your kids and let them be, I mean, would you take your little five-year-old boy to be raised by somebody that he's a good man, but all his kids are drug dealers? All his kids are in and out of jail. He's a good man, but he don't know how to lead as a father. You gonna bring your five-year-old and put it in the hand? I don't think so. I'm not. And I can see Hannah walking down that aisle. Oh, God. She's weeping the same way she's wept so many times before walking down that down to the altar. She has a gift. She's got the lamb that she has to bring as a sacrifice before the Lord, but it's more than that. She's bringing her baby. Can I just preach it like this? She's bringing her hopes and her dreams. She's been barren for so long and now the natural reaction that I finally got a little bit of something is to hold on to it. I don't know who I'm preaching to. This isn't in my notes and this isn't where I wanted to go with it. I'm telling you, we could have shouted and, and, and danced the rest of this night away. But I'm reaching for somebody right now that you're at the precipice of the greatest breakthrough of your life and God is sending you a word right now. What can Are you gonna be able to hand over that little baby boy, Samuel? Can you let God have everything you have even though you have viable reason to hold on to it? She was bitter and she was grieved because she knew she was given away what God had given her but she was at faith that I'm not in this for where I am I still know where I'm going I had planned I had planned to preach this Sunday morning Brother Williams I believe that we are in the perfect will of God right now because there's some people that got to make a decision. You're standing at a crossroads in the journey from barren to blessed where you can live in a level of blessing. You have Samuel. But Hannah, there's five more. At least five more. We know of at least five more. There's five more. There's more. You can get hung up in this level that you're in right now, Hannah. And you can let your blessing become your burden. I just want to hold it. I, I, I don't want to let this season go. But if you're going to get where God wants you to be, you've got to take Samuel to church. And you've got to drop him off. And you got to resign yourself to the fact that I might not see this blessing but once a year. But I'm all in. I haven't preached to everybody. Maybe I have, but there's a select few I'm preaching to right now. you got to make the decision. What are you going to do? Come on, these altars are open. What are you going to do? Are you going to hold on to Samuel and stay in that dimension? Or are you going to let Samuel grow up to be the prophet that God's called him to be? I fully believe we would have never read about a, a King David if she hadn't taken Samuel and laid him on the altar say, well, God's got his own way of doing things. And I believe that, but I'm telling you, you have a part to play that nobody else can play. 
Hannah, you have a part to play that nobody else can play. You, you, you've got a part to play in this church and God, God's given you things and he's, he's testing you. He's asking you right now, can you give it back? Can you lay it on? Can you take every blessing that I've given you and lay it on the altar? Come on. Are you willing to go all the way? What dimension do you want to play in? Do you want to stay in just enough? Or do you want to go to a land of more than enough? Come on, would you lift your hands right now? Let's pray together. God, I want to go all the way. God, I want to go all the way. Come on, God's reaching for somebody right now. God, I trust you. Come on, somebody got to tell it. God, I, tr I trust you with Samuel. God, I trust you with Samuel. I can hold on to him. I, I can hold on to this and I, I, yeah, but I trust you, God. I'm going.